we have been considering for some time the important question, what do we know about limitations imposed upon the exercise of God's loving kindness and mercy from the Bible? We now come to our fifth main inquiry under this question to the effect that time imposes a limitation upon the exercise of God's loving kindness and mercy toward men. And therefore the Apostle Paul declared in his universal travels, Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation, as in 2 Corinthians 6, 2. He also affirmed continually that God now commandeth all men everywhere to repent as recorded in Acts chapter 17 and verse 30. Our Lord Jesus said, What shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? As recorded in Mark chapter 8 verses 36 and 37. What more important thing do any of us have to do than to make our peace with God? and be reconciled to his great kindness and love. There is the greatest urgency that every one of us seek the Lord for forgiveness and cleansing from sin, remembering the words of Jeremiah, And ye shall seek me and find me, when ye shall search for me with all your heart, as recorded in his 29th chapter and verse 13. There are the following four important reasons why we should not delay this most important thing that we have to do. First of all, there are specific times when God makes a special effort or takes special measures to induce us to turn from sin and be reconciled to himself through the atonement of Christ. In other words, every one of us has his special day of greatest enlightenment upon the things of God. If rejected, this appeal may never return in its present strength. We may never feel so moved toward God again, simply because God deems that we have rejected our greatest opportunity. Our Lord Jesus said, Who hath ears to hear, let him hear, as recorded in Matthew 13:9. Our Lord decided that his hometown folk at Nazareth has so rejected his visitations of moral light that they would never again be given the same spiritual manifestations. For we read in Matthew 13, verses 54 to 58, And when he was come into his own country, he taught them in their synagogue, insomuch that they were astonished, and said, Whence hath this man this wisdom, and these mighty works? Is not this the carpenter's son? Is not his mother called Mary, and his brethren James, and Joseph, and Simon, and Judas, and his sisters? Are they not all with us? Whence then hath this man all these things? And they were offended in him. But Jesus said unto them, A prophet is not without honor, save in his own country, and in his own house. And he did not many mighty works there because of their unbelief. So our reactions toward the kind enlightenment of God determines the future reactions of God. Perhaps nearly a year before this, 
he had preached the acceptable year of the Lord in Nazareth, as we read in the fourth chapter of Luke, verses 16 to 19. And he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, and as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up for the reed. And there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Esaias. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. But instead of receiving the message of the Lord Jesus, they violently rejected him. And in verses 28 through 30, we read, And they in the synagogue, when they heard these things, were filled with wrath, and rose up, and thrust him out of the city, and led him to the brow of the hill, whereon their city was built, that they might cast him down headlong. But the mighty power of God came over them, and our Lord Jesus was unharmed. So we read, But he, passing through the midst of them, went his way. These processes of special enlightenments were true also in Old Testament times. For example, in the sixth chapter of Genesis and verse 3, we read concerning the Holy Spirit, And the Lord said, My spirit shall not always strive with man, for that he also is flesh, yet his day shall be a hundred and twenty years. So the Holy Spirit of God made special effort to convince men of truth and turn them to the way of righteousness. But if they did not respond, then a difference was made as to future proposals and movements of the Holy Spirit. In the 30th chapter of Deuteronomy, verses 19 and 20, we have a word concerning the children of Israel from the heart of Moses. I call heaven and earth to record this day against you, that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore choose life, that both thou and thy seed may live, that thou mayest love the Lord thy God, and that thou mayest obey his voice, and that thou mayest cleave unto him, for he is thy life, and the length of thy days, that thou mayest dwell in the land which the Lord sware unto thy fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, to give them. So here was a special opportunity of climactic appeal on the part of God that they should choose whom they would serve in this great moment of crisis. Joshua also appealed to the people as recorded in the 24th chapter of his book, verses 14 and 15. Now therefore fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in truth. And put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the flood and in Egypt, and serve ye the Lord. And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom ye will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the flood, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land ye dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. So here was a climax, here was a special appeal, here was a mountaintop approach that was made to the people. And so the Holy Spirit of God 
gives us special opportunities to receive his gracious word and to be affected by his influence. And if we reject these opportunities, they may never return. So time is a vital element in the limitation of God's mercy and kindness. David was visited with a heavy hand of conviction, we read in the 32nd Psalm, and verses 3 and 4. When I kept silence, my bones waxed old through my roaring all the day long. For day and night thy hand was heavy upon me. My moisture is turned into the drought of summer. So the gracious Holy Spirit uh, sends us conviction to cause us to tremble at the reality of our sins. And this is the time that we must respond to God. In the prophecy of Isaiah, we have a number of very pertinent approaches that God made to the people. In the first chapter, verse 18, we have this wonderful invitation. Come now and let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. So the great God desires to reason with us over the reality of our sin and the glorious accomplishment of his blessed atonement. And notice that his invitation says, Come now and let us reason together. We have no guarantee of the repetition of God's gracious movings. Therefore, time is an important element in the matter of divine illumination to the soul. In the 55th chapter and verse 6, we read this, Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. So the gracious presence of God and the manifestation of God's truth is more near at some times than at others. And thus it is when the presence of the Lord is upon us in conviction and enlightenment, that is the time we must turn to him. But we read in the 65th chapter, verses 11 through 14, that God was deeply grieved when men had rejected him. But ye are they that forsake the Lord, that forget my holy mountain, that prepare a table, and so forth. And then verse 12, Therefore will I number you to the sword, and ye shall all bow down to the slaughter, because when I called, ye did not answer. When I spake, ye did not hear, but did evil before mine eyes, and did choose that wherein I delighted not. Therefore thus saith the Lord God, Behold, my servants shall eat, but ye shall be hungry. Behold, my servants shall drink, but ye shall be thirsty. Behold, my servants shall rejoice, but ye shall be ashamed. Behold, my servants shall sing for joy of heart, but ye shall cry for sorrow of heart, and shall howl for vexation of spirit. Here is the tragedy recorded that when God made special appeals of enlightenment to turn men unto himself, only to receive his loving kindness and mercy and to enjoy his presence, they turned away and refused these times of enlightenment. And God has here proposed that they shall not be duplicated. Therefore, time is a vital element. Also, 66 and verse 4, 
I also will choose their delusions and will bring their fears upon them, because when I called, none did answer. When I spake, they did not hear, but they did choose before mine eyes, and choose that in which I delighted not. So how vital and how important it is that we receive the light of God when these manifestations are at hand. You recall in the book of Daniel, we have this great uh, ruler, Belshazzar, as he was carrying on in a most disgraceful way. Here was God's warning to him by the handwriting upon the wall. In the fifth chapter, Daniel, verse 6, we read the reaction upon the king. Then the king's countenance was changed, and his thoughts troubled him, so that the joints of his loins were loosed, and his knees smote one against another. So he offered great reward to anyone who would read these words of warning upon the wall. And of course, Daniel was enabled by the power of God to read them, although he declined the great reward. And so in verse 22, we have this comment, And thou his son, O Belshazzar, hast not humbled thine heart, though thou knewest all this. So here was God's final warning to this great ruler. And then in verse 30 we read, In that night was Belshazzar the king of the Chaldeans slain. Our kind Heavenly Father, we pray that many may respond to thy tender appeals of love by repenting of sin, coming to the cross of Jesus, and through faith in his death be reconciled to thee in the forgiveness of their sins. In Jesus' name, amen.